Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Two Brothers channel. I'm one brother. <laughs> Hello, everybody. And I'm the second brother. Welcome to the show. Back to you, Mr. Phil. Hey, everybody. Look, today we're going to be looking at a topic that is very, very pertinent. And um, unlike many topics that we've uh, covered so far, this is a fresh one. That means that we're still articulating this one because of so many moving parts. But it's important that we bring it. And uh, so we're looking at this topic and we're going to call this Africa Behind Enemy Lines. And um, the explanation for why we're saying Africa is behind enemy lines would um, be apparent as we go along, you know. Anyway, let me let Mr. Claire jump in and I'll jump back in. Yeah, so um, it's a very interesting topic. So I can see your minds are already going all over the place. <laughs> Africa behind enemy lines. Where's the line? Where's Africa? Where's, who's the enemy? <laughs> Uh, but you know, there's, there's, and I like what you said that you know, this is still being unfolded because you know, when you're in a war and you lose a war, history is not written by the losers; it's written by the victors. And when the, when the victors write write their history, they're not gonna obviously they they're gonna be the heroes of their own story, right? <laughs> Let's just be fair to them. You know, they're not they're not gonna give you credit, right? So 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 what you, what, we, what you have to do is piece things together. If you're if you're the loser of that war and your your generations and generations after the, the loss, I'm just using that as an example. Not that that's how it actually is, but you know, but you're gonna try and piece things together, you know, to try and make sense of what actually happened, you know, and it won't be easy for you. Because obviously the victor will always tell you one side of the story, or you need the other side of the story to see a balanced view. So back to you, Mr. Phil. Yes, and um, let me use this analogy uh, that I shared with Mr. Clay earlier on. Um, it's like if you imagine um, the a guy has a son, but before this boy was born his father died. But this father has a property and the property, um, the, the father within the property, everybody, know, uh, everybody knew that the father is the owner of the property. Um, but only the neighbor knew where the deed of the property was, unfortunately. He was friends with the father of the house, uh, the father that owned the house, and the deed, he knew where his friend put his deed. So the guys died suddenly, basically. And so when they said who owned the house, the neighbor said, the neighbor basically destroyed the deed of the house and basically produced a forgery to say he's the owner of the house. So that by the time that this boy was born, there was no... Of, of course, we, from this perspective, know that his father owned the house, but, we, we, but the boy is just a baby, and he didn't know. And unfortunately, even his mother, when, his, uh, when they couldn't prove that, you know, who owned the house and the neighbor did what he did, she basically just gave up as well and said, okay, he must be the one that owns the house, you know. 
And um, as time went on, she even went into a relationship with the neighbor. So basically, the neighbor basically claimed the house. And, you know, everybody just assumed that that was the truth. And the boy, born as a baby, <laughs> the only thing he can go by is what they've told him. The neighbor owns the house. And the neighbor is being good to even take care of your mom and you. Take you in. Then one day, then one day, someone was passing by. An older gentleman was passing by. And he said, you must be so-and-so son. You look exactly like him. Look at you. You, man, you can't even miss it. He says, so where's your dad? And he said, oh, my dad died a long time ago. And the guy said, oh, sorry to hear that. Um, so that means that you own, you own this house. And the boy says, no, I don't own this house. The guy says, well, are you not his son? He said, yeah. Are you not so-and-so son? He said, yeah. Then this house belongs to you. And the guy, the guy said, no, it belongs to Mr. He said, look, bro, <laughs> this house belongs to you. Hmm. Now, the story can continue, but that is where we are as Africans right now. We're like that little boy that so many things has happened before he was born. And so many things have been altered and rewritten. And he told another narrative contrary to his heritage. Hmm. Mr. Claire, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, that story is very... It's a very interesting story, and it's a it's a good it's a good story to describe the situation, mm. because um, you know, like you said, all the boy knows is what he met and what he's been told all his life, and now the new information is coming that is making him think, "Oh, are you sure?" <laughs> Interesting, because we all know that life begins from Africa, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's scientific fact. Mm -hmm. Now, I always assume that that scientific fact was embraced by the whole world. <laughs> we did discover recently that it was actually thoughtful mm. because some people did not want to admit it. Mm -hmm. It did not go with their narrative. Mm -hmm. Right? So... When you hear something like that, you know, because you, you talk to anybody and they say, oh, yeah, of course, yeah, Lucy. Everybody knows about Lucy, you know. Life began in Africa, you know. But are you sure? Are you sure? You can just, just admit it like that. Um, but then when you look back, and um, I've, I've, I've just come across, across some information recently. That, that showed me the fight that they had to go through, you know, where, you know, the, the, the main agenda was questioned, you know, and, and you find a lot of things that, you know, like the pyramids and the, um, the, the, the uh, Tomb Raiders, you know, we know the famous computer game Tomb Raider, right? Before there was Tomb Raiders, there was there was Tomb um, Egyptologists or what do they call them? Scientists. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And they were actually raiding the tombs, but they said they were scientists. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Back to you, Mr. <laughs> oh. You see, that is why in our time now, we're living in a very crucial time. It seems like all the time that I've chosen to come to this world is a very crucial time. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Because it's a very crucial time. Because like Mr. Claire said, this information are now readily being accepted. The word before, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, before George Floyd, very recently, before George Floyd, nobody was ready to accept institutional racism. It was only accepted after it was they couldn't they couldn't uh, they couldn't what should I call it they couldn't uh, deny it after George Floyd. That was just recently. Before it was like, what, what are you talking about racism? What are you talking about racism? What are you talking about discrimination? What are you talking about institutional this institutional that? That has died centuries ago. That's what they would say, but now they're not accepting it. So what I'm saying so. This is a crucial time because, like Mr. Clare said, Lucy, they're accepting it. If they accept Lucy, that means that there's actually only one race. There's no white race, there's no black race, there's only one human race. The pigment of our skin is just by genetically where our ancestors really resided for a long time. If you were under the sun, you're darker. If you had not under the sun, you are light as simple as. We have black people with my skin that have straight hair. Yep. So what are you going to do with that? We've got black people with my skin that have blue eyes. Yeah. What are you going to do with that? We've got black people with my skin that have got green eyes. What yep. are you going to do with that? So what, what is that saying is that everything can come from black did come from black. <laughs> did come from black. So we, our gene is not recessive. What's the opposite of recessive again? Um, our gene is, uh, let's Proces- just call it, eh? Is it processive? Or- let's call it processive, whatever. <laughs> that means that you can get, get everything from our genes, okay? So the long and short of it is that we're living in a time where, ladies and gentlemen, do not, do not take your self-education for granted. Go like your life depends on it. Because like Mr. Kneer said, your life actually does depend on it. With self-education right now, you can change your financial situation wherever you are in the world. I don't care wherever you are in the world. Because of connectivity now, we're on an equal playing field. But because you don't, know that you may not act on that i was looking for a web designer the other day and i went on the internet and i went on uh <laughs> fiber and two of the people that responded to me were from nigeria wow two of the people that responded to me were from nigeria and ready to do the work and i'm like excellent i'm still talking to one of them till today 
you get what I'm saying? So you cannot be in Nigeria and say, oh, we don't have anything here. Not in today's world. You're not, not in today's world. Like I said, I'm still connected to this guy today and he's benefiting from me just going on Fiverr, looking for someone to provide a service, okay? Mm-hmm. So again, your self-education will be what will equip you to identify all these opportunities. But we're not talking about opportunities now. We're talking about behind enemy lines. Well, so all the information that has happened before us is important for us to know where we are and where we're going. Yep. Look, if you do not know about what has happened in the past, you're going into the future with incomplete understanding. You will be missing everything, all the equity of the past. And that is why I'm not saying it's good or bad. That is why the people that are opposing you, are opposing us, want to make a break from the past and, uh, and, and, and the future. Let me give you an example. We, we all know about slavery. But one of the things that they actually did in slavery, I don't know if Mr. Claire knew about this. <laughs> it's not funny, but I'm laughing. It's not funny. <laughs> when they brought slaves from Africa to America and the Caribbean and all those things first, apparently the slaves always ran away. Everybody wants to run away. Everybody run away, run away, run away. Then one day, they brought one man to come and solve the problem of slaves. From I don't know whether it's Willie Lynch, it could be someone else. Then the person asked them one question. He said, do this slave know where they came from? And they said, yeah, yeah. They know they, they, know they came from West Africa. This one knows that it came from this tribe and this place in Africa. I said, yeah, that's your problem. <laughs> Because if they know where they came from, they will want to run back there. They will always want to come back. They will always want to go back to where they came from. So what you need to do is make sure that they don't speak about where they the moment they come, they don't you, you make it and until they stop talking about where they're from. Make sure that the generation they don't share with their children. They don't share their culture with their children. They just make America, make Brazil, make whatever the culture that you live. Otherwise, if they practice anything else, their language, definitely, they must not speak their language. And that is how slowly over time, slaves got born to slaves and born slaves. And that's why they settled. Mm. They stopped running away. Because they forgot where they came from, Mr. Clay. Wow, wow, that is deep. That's deep. Um, mm, so um, the opposite of recessive gene is dominant. Ah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we have the dominant gene. Okay, all right. All right. So, um, now, what back you said. The, back to the slave thing. What you said there is um, it makes you think about. Even nowadays, when we when we in the Western world are having children, mm. because we because we grew up like we spent our childhood in Africa, mm-hmm. we always feel the talk back home. 
Bahakis never went to Africa. Mm. All they know is the story we tell them and this place. So is that that we make, we need to make that story of Africa so enticing, just like, you know, just like the British when they went all over the world talking about England, or the streets of London is paved with gold, or oh, England, you know, is is uh, how beautiful the, the 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 land is, you know, how glorious, you know, the empire is, you know, and everybody wants to go get, get to the. Let's get to the to this empire. Let's see what this. I want to get. This is what I'm talking about. What they're talking about, you know, the height of civilization. But when it, you know what, what 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 struck me from what you were saying earlier about be, being behind enemy lines is how you start the journey of self-discovery. And you go all over the world, you go all over, up and down, and you, you know, let's say you join the Freemason, for example, you know, and they tell you there's 13 levels that you have to get of secrets, you know, and you go from, you know, you keep going, keep going, keep going, and you get right to the top, only to tell to them to tell you that what you had in the in the first level when you joined is... <laughs> You've always had it, you know, and you just, and you, and it just blows your mind that what have I been wasting my time for? You know, I've been climbing this 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 ladder, you know, just to end up back to, because you as a black person, you wake up, especially his reality, and, you know, our white brothers watching this program might not realize it. But you as a black person in this, in this white supremacy society, you're the bottom you know, you're at the bottom. And and you feel, they make you feel that, you know, every day. Um, even yeah, recently, myself and a colleague was talking and he was saying that, you know, you can't blame them. This is their country, you know. Um, so so it's not something that, you know, we, we, we noticed that, okay, actually, yeah, you're right. This is their country. This is your country. We don't want to take your country away from you. By all means, keep your country. <laughs> but what you just need to do is give us back our country. <laughs> because not only are you, you know, not giving us a country to stay in, but you're also not giving us a country to go to. <laughs> you know what? You're saying that, Mr. Kumi, I don't want to cut you, but I don't want to forget this. What you're saying there is very important because you look at the fact that, like you said, you are made to feel systematically here that you're at the bottom. And then you start seeing so many evidence that, to the contrary, to tell you that you're not at the bottom. And I've had conversations with people here, like in, in the UK, and they will say, I've had conversations with white, white folk that will say, well, you people don't manage yourself properly. Well, you people don't do this properly. If you people did that properly. And these are people on the streets. Then you now have someone like Dr. Arikana. I don't want to, I don't want to butcher a surname, but let me try. Arikana Chihombo Makwan. I, I think I think I'm this I'm, I'm, you know Dr. Arikana now. 
Um, no. Okay. I will. She home. Okay. I I I will look for her name. Let me get. Let me let me get uh, my computer ready here. And while while we're doing this, I'll, I'll get her name. You know. Okay. Well, you can share the link. We can. Well, maybe share a link in in the. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll do that as well. And this lady, it was last. I think last year or the year before that I heard from the first time from this lady. She's the one that first came out and exposed this. I don't know whether you, because you don't have not heard of her, maybe you've seen that video. Basically, she just exposed that the West, Germany, France, the UK, but she's more talking about France because she knows more about, um, she, she was talking about more about France, the, the places that, French are colonized. Okay. The NATO, is it the AU ambassador? Thank you. Ah, no, yes. That's her name. And that's when you now realize that 80%, I believe, 80% of what these French nations or these French colonized nations produce gets taken from them every year. Hmm. French citizens don't know that. Hmm. Those African states don't know that. And if the French is doing that to their colonies, you think Britain is not doing that to their colonies too? Mm. You're fooling yourself. You think Germans are not doing that? You think Belgians are not doing that? Till today. So it was when she said that, then you find out that really and truly we have been handcuffed financially but nobody's talking about it hmm. just, to add, just to add to what you just said there mr phil please, please. when it comes to um you know henry clark was dr henry clark puts it this way he says africa has something the whole world needs the whole world wants and they don't want to pay for it <laughs> I like that because it's the truth. It's the truth, you know. Carry on, Mister Clare. So, so when when you when you're working with that kind of dynamic, where they they they, we all know all the resources of this world. Africa is beautifully blessed, and the narrative we're told is that oh, you're mismanaging your resources. You know, how can you mismanage so much wealth? Okay, you're, mis you're mismanaging your... But we've got a gun to your head and we're taking 80% of it. <laughs> and do you know what they even do to the French? Do, do, do you know what they even do to the French colonies? This is why this woman, honestly, I even thought she actually blew a lid off. This is what French will do. They will take 80% of their gross domestic produce product or whatever in cash. They will take 80%. Then they have to take it to the... French central bank and put it there. Now, if they want to, if they want access to any of that money, they have to now apply and take, they can only take up to 40% of that money and pay it back with interest. Wow. And it's high interest as well. So basically, you've taken my money, 
you've put it there. I can only apply for a certain amount of my money. And I am to pay it back with interest. Hmm. How does that work? How does that fracking work? And do you know what? It worked beautifully for them because nobody knew. Let it continue. And nobody knew because they control the narrative. They control the narrative. Carry on, sir. So it's always we 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 are we're the ones sending you aids. <laughs> Look at how clever they actually call it aid. We're helping you out of the generosity of our heart. We're helping you. After all, how good we are. After all, you're poor and weary. Oh, forget. Don't look at the fact that we've taken 80% of what you're producing. No, 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 no. Don't look that. Don't look that. But we're helping you. Which is another thing that, you know, we, one thing we've gotten used to with um, being behind enemy lines is the play on words. Mm. You know, if if you're a black person coming to work in the UK or abroad in the Western world, you're called an immigrant. In fact, you're called a legal immigrant. Mm. <laughs> you know, if, if you're a white person working in Africa, you're an expert. Expat, expatriate. <laughs> Doing exactly the same thing. So, and they become masters of words because that is where the war is now. The war is not now physical. The war is for the mind. Hmm. Guess what? The last one that I'm going to quickly say this one because this was amazing. Her name is Dr. Arikana Chihomborikwao. Wow. No wonder you couldn't remember it. <laughs> I have to even read it now. Dr. Arikana Chihomborikwa. Yeah. Someone, one woman stood up in the audience and said, this woman said, um, Dr. Arikana, what have you got to say about the racism of black or whites? The racism of black or whites in Africa taking their farms from them, taking their uh, thinking. And the person, the person now said, because in 18 blah, 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 these white people have been there. They've had generations on generation upon generation. So what have you, we talk about racism on black people, but what, what do you have to say about racism from black to white? Hmm. I don't know if you've seen that video with that player. I have, sir. I have. You have? Have you? Yes, sir. I okay. Have. And I love how Chihom, um, Dr. Arikana Chihom, Chihom Borikwal. <laughs> I love how she took that person out. She said, okay, first and foremost, I like how we like to take the story from the middle and go, we say from here, we go for that. We'd never hardly go to the beginning, how did it all start? Mm. Mm. That it started by the col col colonialists coming and dividing the country into four parts. Mm. 
save us all time and choosing the best part for themselves mm. and saying and sending a word out to ex-military people that to come and claim land that Africans were already on. Yeah. Actors, actors of lush, amazing land and displacing those people by force, by force of their land. And just like they did in America where they would go as far as they could go for one day yeah. in a certain yeah. direction for a flag day, they yeah. go in another direction to, to mark out your land. Yeah. Did the same thing in Africa. They did the same thing in Africa. They did the same thing in South America. So it's almost like a franchise of terror. <laughs> Land-grabbing terror. <laughs> Land-grabbing terror that Europeans did. Now, we're not saying, like I keep saying, we keep saying on this channel, we're not talking about the right or wrongs of this thing. This is where we find ourselves. But we're equipping ourselves with information. Because mm. going forward, that information informs <laughs> our movement. That information informs our outlook. That information informs our understanding. Don't play, ladies and gentlemen, with information because it colors everything going forward. What do you think, Mr. Clay? Yeah, it's, 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 um, it's very, very important because, you know, it's just like for today, for example, somebody saying is you hardly hear a Chinese person calling their children Babatundi mm. or Adeboya, Adebola. You know, yeah. uh, mm. you know, but you hear black people calling themselves Paul, James, <laughs> Amwell. Mm. Where did where, where did that come from? Have you Thank ever you. Asked Thank you. Even I, I call myself Philip. Philip did, did not come, come from? from like they say. <laughs> Philip did not come from Iran. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately that is the Christian conquest exactly and is a, is a form of slavery completely under the name of Jesus <laughs> we're going to name. we are going I am to conquering be... you it is really and when you now actually go and look at the personality and the delivery of Jesus, he did not come to conquer you so that you will get your money, mm. so that you will get your land, <laughs> so that you will get your resources, so that he will control you. No, he came that you may have life and have it abundantly. He didn't come so that your pastor will have life and have it abundantly. <laughs> No, you know, it's, 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 it's just recently, maybe in the last 20 years or so, that you would say the local pastors were now getting the wealth for themselves. Yeah, yeah, oh, to be, to be remember, fair. Remember before, it used to make all, the, all this way, the money used to go all the way to Rome. Rome, wow. So they used to, the Catholics used to collect all the money in Africa. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just like you're saying, the resources of the countries were going to France. Yeah. Because Vatican is a nation within a nation. So it was all going to Rome. 
they had they, they they still have their own stock exchange in Vatican, you know. So what, why would you need a stock exchange? Have you ever asked yourself that? I work in investments, so I know they have a stock exchange. Hmm. You know, so you know, so just imagine all that millions of money rolling from Africa, all over the world, in fact, not just Africa, all over the world where the Christian cross was raised, the resources were shipped back to Rome. I'm unbelievable. Unbelievable. And if you don't know that, you don't know. If you don't know that, you don't know. And you don't, and whether you like it or not, it has a great impact on your life. Because 80% of your resources is already removed from the table. You are left with only 20%. And then they're now saying that you're corrupt. Then they're now saying that, oh, by the way, that 20%, they're not even leaving you because they're coming for contracts. They're coming for... You know, <laughs> Um, you're not left to do with it as you wish, you know. No, 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 no. They've got their hands in that twenty percent. They've got their hand in it to the, in every level. And which There's is like what, said, which is like what said, the leaders of Africa needs to come out and say. But they won't put anybody that will say that in leadership. No, they were, of course, and not only in Africa, South America. Like I said, is a franchise of terror. Let's call it what it is. It is terror because if you look at it, it's in South America, it's in it's in um, it's in Africa, it's in it's in the Middle East, even some some Middle East places, you know. So the long and short of it is that, um, like you said, they will not allow a leader that is even talking like I'm talking. Ooh, come on, they won't even get it close to it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you, you just, and it's not, not fuck, funny enough, because of if reading information, it is not even new and it's not even hidden anymore. All you need to do is type into Google or type into YouTube now, confessions of an economic hitman. Hmm. And this guy will tell you, look, this is what we did in the 70s. This is what we did in the um, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Yep. This is what we did. We would go to a country that has a resource like Nigeria, and I'm thinking, I'm reading it, I'm going, whoa, I actually went through this. I went through the austerity time in Nigeria. I went through the structural adjustment program in Nigeria. I just thought that things were just getting bad for Nigeria, but I did not know that the genesis of it was what this economic man, man was talking about. And what was he talking about? They will go to a country that they covet whatever they've got, be it oil, be it coal time, be it whatever. And then they will now say, okay, we will loan you money to develop an airport, to develop a pipeline, to develop a dam something that the ordinary man on the streets will hardly benefit from. Mm. They will make sure it's that kind of big project, but they will make sure it's not healthcare. They will make sure it's not education. They will make sure it's not, no, no, no. It has to be something like, let's build a dam, let's build a, an airport, let's build it. And then they will now borrow the loan from the IMF. Now, will the loan come to the country? No, they already have companies from the West 
that they have earmarked to come and do the job for the loan. So they will say, okay, we're going to borrow Nigeria X amount of billions. But guess what? The billions is going to American companies. The mm. billions is going to um, European companies that will mm. come and do the work. So the people don't even see the money. The only people that will see the money are maybe a few politicians at the top that will get backhand. Yeah. That's it. Then someone like me, a young boy in Nigeria in the 80s, I was maybe 12, 11. You just see it on the news. Well, sap, sap, sap. What is sap? What is sap? Final letter, it means structural adjustment program. Why are we structuring adjustment? Because we borrowed borrowed money from IMF and they want it paid back. (laughs) It needs with interest. (laughs) Interest and the whole country now has to go through it by, guess what? Devaluing the Naira. The Naira gets devalued. You see, this is how we see the effect of it, but we don't know where it comes from. If you want to know where it comes from, Go and read. I got the book, The Economic Hitman. Yeah. John, John Perkins. Yeah. It's in on YouTube as well. It's not yeah. even hidden. No, no. It's not even hidden anymore because nowadays we're living in a time where it is hard to hide information. Very hard. Thanks to the internet. Thanks to the internet. So if you are a sensible human being nowadays, your greatest resource is not money. Your greatest resource is information. That's it. That is it, Mr. Phil. I think, I think we, we can carry on talking about this. I think we're going to have other episodes about the same thing. Because, <laughs> you know, but these, these, these will just whet your appetite. Mm. See why? Because, you know, when we when we're in this in the Western world, when blacks like me that grew up in a, in paradise, literally, and I'm being hit by snow, I'm being hit by cold weather, I'm 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 I'm, I'm falling sick. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm like I'm saying this is not my natural habitat. habitat. Mm. You know, and I'm I'm just I'm not myself. <laughs> It's because of this land is not good for me. Well, it's not good for you either, to be honest. But, um, but as you find out, the land that is good for us has been made unbearable for us to stay. Hence why... Not only, sorry, Mr. Kleye, not only physically, but mentally as well. Mm. Because... You go to your land and you find out that many people on your land have now been so mentally and psychologically traumatized. Yes. That they can't even be human beings in a lot of cases anymore. Yes. And that is even worse. That's what I'm saying. So you can't even stay on that land that is a paradise, like you said, because the 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 vibration of the psychological energy around you now is so toxic 
that you can't even say you want to go to that paradise and relax. Because all this thing that we're talking about, the effect has traumatized the people that have to stay on the land. And when their trauma creates more trauma. Yeah. Yeah. You can't expect, you can't expect, um, you know, them to, because the trauma is so deep. You know, when, when you read in the newspaper, 30 people killed, 40 people killed, 50 people killed, you know, you, you, you so, you know, you don't even feel it anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're desensitized to it because you're, you're just like, you know, just imagine London or in Britain, somebody's telling you like 40 people were killed today. 30 people killed today. Man, the, the, the whole place will be on, what should I call it? Uh, martial, martial alert and martial law. But in Africa, it's just, hey, another day. <laughs> just another day. Somebody hit me. You know? You know? And that is, that, to be honest, maybe I said that because that is why people stay in the West. It is not because they're having a great time in the West. It is not because the land is comfortable mm-hmm. and they just want to stay in the West. Honestly, ladies and gentlemen, the reason why we, or I can say it, speak for me, the biggest reason why I stay in the yes, I'm gonna I'm looking for places in Africa because not everywhere in Africa is like that, traumatized. There are people places that are less traumatized, you know. I'm not gonna mention it so that you guys don't rush there. I wanna go there. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go there and have my peace. <laughs> Mr. Bill, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention the place that'll be my secret, you know. But I would need to be on African soil. That's not even any joke. But the reason why we're still in the West is that no matter how hard things are, at least the psychological trauma is not as bad as it is in Africa. Mm. And what am I talking about psychological trauma? We're talking about the effect of being behind enemy lines. They've made our land even enemy lines to us. Mm. And how? Like we're saying, through these systematic narratives, structures, agendas um, put in place for years before we were even born, even our so-called education. Have you noticed that our so-called education is not to develop anything for ourselves? Mm. If If we're saying that we're educated, then of course we should be able to produce things for Africa now. It will make sense, right? It will make sense. If we say, I am educated, how many millions and millions and millions of Africans will say they are educated? But okay, we are educated, but what is the result? So I I, I submit that even our so-called education has been a weapon against us. Most definitely. Most definitely. Please, Mr. Clare. Our so-called professors, our so-called teachers, are not teaching even the student. The students find out they know more than the teachers. So that ends why engineers cannot build bridges in Nigeria. No, they cannot bring solutions. Even universities cannot bring solutions to the society. 
do caralho. This is what the, the whole research and development institution is there for, is to bring, like when we had COVID, everybody ran to the universities to come up with solutions. That's what they're there for. And you can't say they, you know, in Africa, with all the problems that they have, there's no solutions coming out from universities. Even if one just say, you know what, we're going to solve this electricity problem. We're going to solve this problem of bad roads. We're going to solve the problem of traffics on the road. We're going to solve, which they, they're capable of doing if they, if, they want, if, they, if they want to go there. But the education system actually defeats them from even doing that. So back to you, Mr. Phil. So you see that there are lots of forces that will arise. There are lots of forces that are in the shadows. But more, more than anything, though, the solution will always lie in our hands. That is why one of the things we did a video not long ago where we say you don't need anyone's permission. All you need is you and the universe. Because, look, the reason why things are the way they are is because a lot of people are benefiting from it. Yeah. Now, yeah. those people that are benefiting from it, you'll be a fool to think they're just going to give back their benefit with no fight. Mm. So the only option you have is build, let them have their benefit, and you find solutions for yourself anyway. Or you go and by force, and that's the only way. By force, go and get your benefits of them. Mm. Now, I don't see you at, as Africa being in a position to by force go and get anything from anybody right now. Well, the, the, when you're talking by force, what is the biggest weapon in the world? Is nuclear, isn't it? Yeah. So Africa doesn't have a nuclear weapon. We're not even close to it. <laughs> even we don't even have we don't even have guns because if you're talking about no no think about it if we we're say, not using our own guns are we thank you <laughs> so all they need to do is not supply us <laughs> so that's that how pathetic it is so to tell you that even you know when we talk about the education system um you know they, there's a reason why the world is the way it is. There's a reason why they stopped teaching history in African schools. Wow. Wow. Well, thank God that you guys can go on the internet and learn about history. Because history is one of the most profitable information you can have in your life. Mr. Kalei, most definitely, most definitely. You know, we can have many series of this. Of course. <laughs> this, is this is something that you can tell we're living every day. Definitely. We, definitely. Are, we are successful, don't get me wrong, we're doing well. We're doing very, very well with behind enemy lines. You know, it's not that we're struggling, you know, we we're doing really well. But when, when we're doing really well because we're conscious of where we are. We're conscious of where we are. And ladies and gentlemen, it's interesting that Mr. Kinley said that we're doing very well because you see, <laughs> uh, 
after you've eaten, after you got shirt, you don't buy trousers, you don't buy shoe, you don't buy, you don't chop. I say eating. So what else is there to life? Mm. That's when it becomes it becomes increasingly important to get involved in equipping yourself with information that will make a difference, not only for you, but for others coming. Mm. So that even if all we do in our lifetime is document these things through videos so that it will start people coming after us to start thinking mm. and start doing other things that we don't do. That's all that matters. Mm. I'm trying to say that I'm getting to a point in my life where money, comfort, and things, as important as they are, they've been achieved relatively. They've been achieved. Oh, yes, I can get. As a matter of fact, you know what is funny? I was just thinking. No matter what shirts you buy and wear, sometimes it's not as good as those African tops that we no. make. Mr. Clare. No. The, the 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 African with the patterns that they do, you know, is the Agbada. How there's no suit in the world that can compete with an Agbada. Not in the African weather, that's for sure. <laughs> Even at a party, we let let's be frank. If yeah. you really want to deck up and show, no, no, no. it's like um, I remember it, it was it was we're having a Christmas party at work. And everybody was wearing the tux. Mm -hmm. Then you showed up. Hey. Traditional. Hey. It blows them out of the water. Everybody looking, looking, fucking hell. <laughs> he must be a prince. <laughs> oh, and they're not wrong, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. You find out that you are actually a prince, and you know, like Mr. Kaleya said, yes, you're a prince. Uh, I could tell you guys' story. So again, I'm we're getting to a point where we're now we're we're appreciating that it's not only about us, it's not about our life. We've got our children, our children's children, but not only our children, your children, mm. your children's children. Because if you look at it, our parents. They are prisoners of war as well, but they just were concerned about, oh, this is the system that the white man has brought. I can excel in it. That's all they saw. Hmm. This is the white man's system. I can excel in it. Um, I will go to their universities. I'll be a good student. I will pass all their exams to show that I'm a good student. What they didn't know was that really, in reality, is that I will pass all their exams so that I will show that I'm a good slave. Mm. Wow. I will jump through all their hoops so that we show I'm a good slave. And one of the things that, again, we're not talking about right or wrong, good or bad, but one of the things that we suffer from as Africans is that we always compare ourselves with other Africans to feel good. So I'm an African. Oh, I'm better off than the guy here. So I'm good. Hmm. I'm better off than that other African. So I'm good. No. If you want to compare yourself with anybody, compare yourself with Elon Musk. Hmm. 
compare yourself with the with with the top guys, Jeff Bezos of the mm. world. Mm. If you want to compare yourself, compare yourself with if country, if you compare yourself with Japan, compare yourself with, you know, but we're so oh yes, oh no, we're better than we're better than Gambia. We're better than uh, Togo. We're better than <laughs> Oh, I'm any is is I'm 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 any fifty grand. He's only any thirty five. We are using the wrong measuring system. We're using the wrong yardsticks. We're mm. using the wrong values value system. Mm. If you want to compare yourself, compare yourself with the guys at the top, the top countries. Your African neighbor, your African brother, your African friend is not your competition. The moment you think that they're your competition, you've already failed on the world stage. Mr. Kinley. That's right. I can't say anything else to that. That is right. You know. <laughs> well, let's round up and just uh, say goodbye to these people. Well, you know, I'm sure we're going to have another episode where there's so much more to say about this. So uh, for now, everybody, bye-bye. All right, guys, that was our first take on Behind Enemy Lines. Like Mr. Kinley say, we will definitely touch on this. But I hope you now know what we mean by saying Behind Enemy Lines. And I hope we've sparked some thoughts in you. Again, it's not important. The only thing that's not, it's not only important that you hear what we say. It is what, what we say make you think about. And that is where the power is. Speak to you next time. God bless. Bye-bye.